You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Be it superstition or just an apparition, you suddenly appear inside my heart. Does this strange romance and ghost of a chance? Welcome to From the Bleachers. I am your host, as always, Seamus Clancy, coming to you from the wonderful Bleeding Green Nation Radio Podcast Network. Now, do you know what isn't wonderful? Our Philadelphia Eagles. Recording this around 3 o'clock on Monday afternoon. Hopefully you're listening to it Tuesday, Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Well, thankfully, I'm sick of being told the Eagles are in first place and they still have a chance to win this division and the whole nine yards like that. Because after the Washington-Dallas game on Thanksgiving, given that the Eagles are 3-6-1 and one because of that tie they had in week three against Cincinnati would I rather have gone down swinging and lost than to have that cowardly punt at the end of overtime to play for a tie rather than you know play to win you know Herm Edwards you play to win the game this is kind of off topic of what I really want to talk about but then it's it's hilarious in retrospect that people said as the NFC East looked really terrible going into you know week four five six seven as we got out of September, as we got farther away from that week three tie that really uh, turned the tide of the fan base against Doug Peterson and, and me. Doug's, you know, besides Salkins, you know, maybe my favorite Eagle figure ever um, because it just showed pure cowardice. And then, you know, people were saying, well, everyone that criticized him for punting for the tie, they might be, you know, eating their words come week 17 if that tie gives them the division win. Flip side of that could be that the Eagles shouldn't win a division this year. It's better for the long-time heart of the franchise to, to, you know, to get the extra 10, 12, 15, whatever it is, draft slots uh, in each round to better the team going forward. Now, I don't have confidence in the slightest in Howie Roseman to make those improvements, but again, that's another story. So we we were saying, or people were saying, I wasn't saying this, that, oh, you know, that tie's going to help them. I think that tie's actually going to hurt them in the end where... I, it might have been better for Wentz to throw like a pick six right there and the Eagles to finish, you know, three and 13 and have the fourth pick than finish three, 12 and one and have like the fifth or sixth pick or something like that. Anyway, I'm, I'm just mad about everything. And I had an idea for a podcast last week. Uh, as, as you all probably know, I, I'm a big Philly sports guy in general. I have that uh, newsletter from Broad Street with Love, patreon.com backslash shameless and Clancy, where I talk about uh, all Philadelphia sports, and then if you follow my Twitter calendar and Instagram at Seamus underscore Clancy, you see I love, you know, all the Philadelphia teams. Got really into the Flyers this past year. Always love the Phillies, and, you know, Eagles and Sixers are always kind of one, two in my head in terms of definitely the two teams I've covered and written about and discussed and podcasted about most in my life. So I had this idea for podcasts, and I, I didn't record it last week. I kind of got jammed up. The NBA draft was last week, and, th- and this is relevant here. Again, I'm sure not everyone who listens to this is a Sixers fan. And this isn't a Sixers-specific podcast. If you're not a Sixers fan, this is still relevant to the Eagles and is just more so demonstrating a larger point. But I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with the, with the goings-on 
of the Sixers. So the Sixers had Elton Brand, who was a very, very inexperienced, had never had an NBA front office role position in his life, had only served that in the G League, which is the NBA's minor league system. He was a GM there of the, of the Sixers affiliate, G League affiliate. Two years ago, becomes the Sixers general manager. Way in, in way away, way over his head. Over his head. Uh, losing trades left and right. Just terrible signings. Poor contract negotiations and roster and salary cap management. And going into, after the last two years, I kind of just was so out on the team that had signed you know, Al Horford last summer to a disastrous contract. Fit so poorly with the team's two best players uh, in the starting lineup was just, you know, miscalculations left and right, draft failures, this and that with this team. It all caught up with them at a certain point. You see now with the Eagles, a lot of their poor decisions since, you know, February 2018, the poor drafting, the poor free agent signings, the lack of development at the quarterback position, the lack of development really anywhere to produce any sort of young keepers going forward. You have you know, Josh Sweat, I thought we had Jordan May a lot of, but he's not playing anymore. You have Miles Sanders, but, you know, he's hurt frequently. Travis Fulgham, I thought, too. Guess what? Alshon comes back. They just don't target the guy anymore. I mean, Alshon didn't play much on Sunday against Cleveland, but I don't think the guy sucks now. What happened? You have Jalen Rager, who, uh, you know, his NFL route still needs to uh, develop for sure. And you're just kind of a, you have a barren cupboard there when it comes to the, the Eagles' future. And the Sixers weren't as barren, but in the NFL, you know, compared to the NBA, you need several superstars to win in, in the NBA, several superstars playing at a top 15, top 20 level consistently. Uh, the Eagles have that in Joel Embiid. They kind of have that in Ben Simmons, a star in his own right, but maybe not a top you know, 15, 20 guy, uh, given some of his you know deficiencies in spreading the floor, uh, shot creation, the three-point shooting thing has become a joke. But I had so many hopes for the Eagles going into this season, and they just crashed and burned. It's a season from hell. I hate it. You know, death by a thousand cuts. I'm just begging for mercy, and we're going against Seattle and Monday Night Football. That just feels like a cruel joke from the universe that after watching this team the last two weeks, that the last team in the world that I want to be facing right now is the Seattle Seahawks, specifically in prime time. I would love for that game to be 1 o'clock on Sunday. Just get it over with. Rip the band-aid off. Don't worry about it. I'm going to be sitting on my couch all Sunday not enjoying any of the other wonderful NFL games being played by, you know, actually good football teams. Because all I'm going to think about is Monday, watching the Eagles get slaughtered by Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf, who I'm sure is going to have 3,000 receiving yards in the game and 17 touchdowns. Anyway, so... Had the hopes for the Eagles, they cratered. Sixers, I, I was kind of out. Like, I love the team, obviously, but the, the ownership's terrible. That guy, Chris Heck, the president, had that disgraceful, classist, you know, thinly veiled racism in that, uh, you know, New Philadelphia gentrified BS uh, statement that drew a ton and ton of backlash that, le- backlash that led to an apology, and he deleted the apology tweet. It's just a disaster. And the Sixers went out and hired Daryl Morey, who was the previously running the show down in Houston with the Rockets, and, you know, maybe the best front office mind in the entire sport, uh, was the guy that was really on the forefront of the analytics movement, uh, always making shrewd trades, uh, always winning trades, 
uh, smart, low-level free agency signings and always acquiring superstar talent. And just the type of guy the Sixers really haven't had to a degree since Sam Hinkie. And with just having that competent basketball mind in the front office over the last couple weeks, they only hired him in October. NBA offseason kicks off last week on Monday. Teams are allowed to make trades. Last Wednesday, the NBA draft happens. And NBA draft, besides the last day of the trade deadline, you know, the day where there's the most activity in the league. So the, the Sixers trade Al Horford. They get rid of his terrible contract. They bring back some good veteran pieces. They have Danny Green. Uh, they make a trade during the draft for Seth Curry, Steph Curry's uh, younger brother, fantastic shooter in his own right. And they just make some really good depth depth pieces uh, around their stars in Embiid and Simmons. They draft Tyrese Maxey out of Kentucky, a combo guard who I love. Combo guard that, you know, as the draft board was falling, every Sixers fan on Twitter is screaming for them to draft this guy, to draft this guy. And the team doesn't try to outthink themselves, doesn't try to be, you know, the smartest people in the entire universe. They make the obvious and clear decision to draft the good player. So that brings me back to the Eagles. I'm out on the Eagles. Like, obviously, I'm watching them every week, and I love the team, and I'm doing this podcast, and I'm running for the site, and doing a million things. But they're just hopeless right now, and as long as Howie Roseman is in power, I don't see how that changes. And I thought the same way about the Eagles. Like, oh, while well, you know, Josh Harris owns the team, they're static. I can't support this team anymore. I can't give them my money. I gave them my season tickets. I won't buy any merchandise. All these things. Then they hire a fantastic mind to run the show, and things change completely. They're exciting. They have good role players around their two stars. It's simple. They're doing the smart, correct things. And sometimes those moves can be the obvious moves. You don't have to go way outside of the box. You don't have to sign uh, Javon Hargrave to, you know, what is it? $26 million guaranteed to play a different position than he played in Pittsburgh, who gladly let him walk. You don't have to go crazy and draft Jalen Rager out of the Big 12 instead of taking Justin Jefferson, who had 4,000 catches as a senior at LSU, who is now not just one of the best rookie receivers in the league for Minnesota this season, but one of the best receivers in the league overall. Take the obvious guy. Don't outsmart yourself. Know who was the obvious guy? DK Metcalf. But what what do the Eagles do? They took an Elton Brand, Brian Colangelo type move. They drafted J.J. Ortega Whiteside. I'm sure we'll hear about that all weekend. You know, people are like, well, that's unfair to J.J. I'm like, well, it's not necessarily an indictment of him as a person. We're allowed to criticize people's play. It's, don't take it personal. This is the NFL. You're a professional athlete. You get paid to do this. I get paid to talk about players, talk about the sport. I'm allowed to criticize people as are, you know, any fan anywhere. But it's mostly about Howie. In the front office, and oh, it's a Joe Douglas pick. It's this and that. Just deflecting the blame like crazy uh, makes my mind explode. And just with a couple of moves, just over a month, about a month, the Sixers have done a 180 in my head. Where somehow, some way, they're the team I feel most confident about winning a championship next in the city, if you don't count the Union, who... Uh, I think tomorrow they have uh, their first playoff game, and they're you know they're they're the top seed in the in Major League Soccer right now. Not that I'm you know the world's biggest soccer fan, but I'm sure someone would be like, "Well, the the Union." And I'm like, "Okay, pal, like respect to the Union. They're hardcore fans. 
I mean, they play in Chester. It's kind of hard to go to a game for me. I know you could take a couple trains, but I don't really want to do that. I like living in South Philly and going to the South Philly Sports Complex. But anyway, just the Eagles need to make wholesale changes. And it's obvious. People are saying, well, is it Doug? Is it Carson? Is it Howie? I mean, Howie's the most to blame uh, for the cap predicament, for their lack of depth, how Howie had one of the strongest rosters in the league in 2017, and now uh, in a couple of years, it just turned into one of the worst. And that's the nature of football. That's the nature of power. That's the nature of players aging, getting more money, and declining, and having less uh, cap flexibility to bring in new talent. But, you know, Howie keep kicking, keeps kicking the can down the road, and the salary cap implications, you know, finally come home, where they're they're after next year in total capping. What are they, seventy million over the cap? Obviously, they're not going to be like that by the time the season starts. Uh, but it's scary. Uh, it's going to get a lot worse before it gets a lot better. And I think Doug is gone after the season. I love Doug. Uh, he's the one out of that power triangle triumvirate of. Roseman, Doug, and Wentz, who I feel has done the best job this season. Uh, not that it's saying a lot. Uh, Doug has done pretty poorly, and uh, I think firing him is justifiable. It doesn't mean he's not a great coach. It doesn't mean he can't have success in another place. Uh, out of the three, he'd be the person I'd expect most uh, to have success in another situation. Uh, Wentz, he's going to be your starter next year, I think, with um, his cap number. You can't cut him. Uh, I don't. Th- I think it's it might be hard to trade him. I know Benjamin Solak touched out upon that today in a great piece he wrote for the site. Uh, I think it might be difficult to trade him. I'm not exactly sure. I'm not a capologist. If you check over the cap rather than spot track, I think I think it might actually be easier to trade him uh, than fans might think. So we have that option. But most, more likely than not, Wins is back next year with probably a new, co- new coach to see if they can fix him. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. And Howie, uh, I don't know how you let the guy lead his third uh, head coaching search in eight years. If you have three head coaches in eight years, I think that says something more about your general manager, about your owner, than it does the quality of the coaches you're hiring. Because at a certain point, it comes back to that coach. I should say that front office executive, that general manager, that president, whomever, uh, as being incompetent. And that's where the situation now, Howie Roseman is incompetent. He's done this team in, and he's put them in such a hole where 2015 chips last year, terrible season, terrible season, but the Eagles still had a bunch of core pieces that were in their prime, and young, not young, but in their prime. Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Malcolm Jenkins, 
Zach Ertz. All players who played pivotal role, roles on their Super Bowl team. So there was a nucleus in place, even though the quarterback situation was iffy coming off 2012, that a new coach, or coming off 2015, not 2012, that was Andy's last year, coming off 2015 where, hey, if they get a quarterback, a uh, decent head coach in place, they can make some noise, and they did. Two, within two years, they won the Super Bowl, made the playoffs two other years, even though they were kind of worse in each successive season. But whoever's next, whether they have a new coach in 2021, which I think they will, whether it's Lincoln Riley out of Oklahoma, I think Howie has his eyes on that guy. Paul Donowich wrote a great article kind of hinting at that, but not explicitly saying it in any way. If you could read between the lines, you could see that Howie is enamored with Lincoln and has never really seemed uh, to be the biggest fan of Doug, to be honest to me. I think uh, Lori kind of pushed Doug on Howie as this, hey, you're coming back from power, but I, I want it to be the Andy Era 2.0 we're hiring Doug. So, you know, maybe they go Lincoln Raleigh route. Uh, if they don't want to go college, there's, I would hire, you know, Eric Bienemy, Chiefs. I think he'll have, you know, the pick of his jobs uh, this offseason. He should. He should have had that last offseason. Uh, I could see him going to Houston, working with Deshaun Watson down there, I think. You know, that'd be, I'd rather, if I was a new coach, I'd rather work with Deshaun Watson than Carson Wentz right now, obviously. Uh, then you have Arthur Smith, uh, the Titans offensive coordinator, I think has done a phenomenal job this season. Has done great over the last two years, turning Ryan Tannehill into, you know, one of the better quarterbacks in the league from a guy who seemed to be on his way out of the league. So those are guys that would target, uh, but, you know, how he's still there, does it really matter? Probably not. And if Carson's still there, I think he's just broken. Um, it's terrible. It's it's. I think he's unfixable in the situation. The way people talk about, like, oh, the Nelson Aguilar has six touchdowns this year. The Eagles probably, you know, wish they kept him. No, they don't. No Eagles fan wishes they kept Nelson Aguilar. It was not happening here. It was over. Fresh start for both sides. Same thing at the end of the Andy era. It wasn't working here anymore. Needed a clean break. We've reached that point with Wentz where... He'll probably be on the team next year. He'll probably be the starting quarterback. If I had to say something, if a new coach came in, he should say, day one, open quarterback competition. We got Wentz. We have this guy we invested high draft capital in and Jalen Hurts. Maybe they draft another guy in the day two, day three. Maybe the coach, maybe a new general manager comes in and says, hey, I don't like any of these guys. I'm trading up to get the third pick and drafting Justin Fields or something. Who knows? But I don't think you can necessarily just hand Wentz the job next year, even though I think inevitably he will be the guy. So we're just kind of turning the chairs. We're in that 2019-2026ers zone where it just feels off. It feels like they're making moves. They're trying different things, but it's all a fruitless endeavor. Uh, it's terrible. It's like, uh, like nihilism in a way uh, where it just feels meaningless. And I will still continue investing so much time in this team I'll be talking with you guys every week, whoever, guys, gals, however you identify yourself. You know, I'm still be tweeting out the storm during games and, you know, going on Instagram Live and writing for the website. I do that weekly uh, news newsletter or news uh, mailbag, I should say. I'm like delirious right now because I'm talking lower and kind of slower and more deliberate because I'm getting so anxious and just beyond anger, just sad. I miss watching fun football. Someone asked that in the news in the mailbag a couple weeks ago. What was the last time you had fun watching an Eagles game? You know, the one game that stood out to me was 2018 December, I think week 16, home against Houston. Eagles went 32-30 on a walk-off. Jay Elliott field goal. 
Uh, Nick Foles throws for 471 yards and four touchdowns. Coming off that Super Bowl season, you know, Foles is back in the mix. He's just letting leaving the wins down the stretch to, to sneak into the playoffs. And that felt like definitely the last moment where I thought this was a great team. A team, in my mind, I truly, truly believe I wasn't, you know, faking it, just convincing myself that they were good. I think that was the last time I truly believed that the Eagles were good. And it's been almost two years, and I missed that feeling. It sucks. It sucks. And again, it's not gonna. It's not gonna be magically fixed next year. You think this season's bad? Coming back in with Howie and some combination of Howie, Doug, and Carson, I'm probably looking at another with the rest. The way that the rest of the team is constructed, the way the salary cap situation is f seven ways to Sunday, it ain't getting better anytime soon. I got to become a college football guy now. I, I watch college football sometimes. I don't have a team. Um, like a lot of people in the area went to Penn State, you know, Michigan fans, Ohio State, West Virginia, whatever. Don't really have a college football team, so it's hard for me to get emotionally attached to certain you know schools and players. I, I kind of casually observe, but I got you know did, did a lot of NBA NFL draft, uh, quote unquote scouting. I'm no Benjamin Solak here, but doing my own little research last year was fun. But I guess I got to get back in that mode. You know, spend my Saturdays. You know, watching college football instead of streaming Buffy the Vampire Slayer or, or something like that or playing Nintendo Switch, I guess, because I have to figure out who the, the Eagles' next savior is and how they're going to fix this thing. And they should probably just let, honestly, the last like two or three years, they just let a random Eagles fan draft. They probably would have had a slightly better draft than Howard. I, I, I truly believe that. That's the situation we're facing right now. This is terrible. <sighs> how do we get here? How did we get here? Howie, you blew it. You blew it. You're ruining Eagles fans' life. You ruined this season. Season from hell. Eat at Arby's. <laughs> On that note, I'm Seamus Clancy. Check out my newsletter from Broadsheet with Love at patreon.com backslash Seamus underscore Clancy. Follow me on social media at Seamus underscore Clancy. Go Birds. I hate this team. Let's lose by 3,000 to Seattle Seahawks. G-N.